And uh, we, we have a message for you, and we're going to really enjoy this day together. Uh, we want to start our service today with a word of prayer. So just please gather around. We're going to have some worship, and let's join in some prayer right now. Lord, we just thank you for all the mothers out there. We pray, God, that you give them extra grace right now at this time. We thank you that we can gather together through media, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that as we go into this service, as we mingle our voices together in praise and worship, we just pray, God, that you would inhabit our praises today. And Lord, that as the word is being shared, we just pray, God, that you minister to every single person, that you will touch their hearts and that they will be uh, more transformed as a result of hearing your word today. God, we just commit this service to you. We just thank you for touching and blessing all the mothers and every person that is attending online today. We just thank you for it now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless you, everybody. Let's just join in in some great worship and let's enjoy the presence of God together. I'm gonna see you again. 
Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy. You are lifted high. You've won every battle. You've given us the keys. Thank you. You shed your blood for us. See that I'm going to see. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you.
we just thank you for the privilege of worshiping you today. Thank you, the Most High God. We worship you and we lift your name high. Your name is high above every other name. The name of Jesus is the name above every name and we exalt that name together today. You know, the Bible says where there is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there's freedom in this place today. And we want to just declare freedom as we're worshiping together. When you worship, when the Spirit of the Lord comes, there's freedom. You know, in this, in this uh, strange time, there feels like there's a, and there's a pandemic, a, a virus, but there's also a pandemic of fear that is trying to come. And, and when we worship, freedom comes freedom comes and so today we're just i'm thankful that we're worshiping men we're just going to declare freedom from fear freedom from that pandemic of fear that tries to take us over you know i love that story in the bible where paul and silas they were in prison not only were they in prison but they're in stocks and they're their hands and their and chains stocks and chains they couldn't even really move but they started to praise God what else could they do they're in prison they're locked in prison and they're in stocks and chains they can't even move but when they started to praise God stuff started shaking man stuff started shaking and today we're going to just declare that we're going to say that stuff is shaking and you know with the whole body of Christ worshiping God I believe these chains are going to fall off I believe these chains of fear are going to fall off and we just declare freedom so today I'm going to declare freedom with you we just declare freedom over our region we declare freedom over our state we declare freedom over our nation and this world in jesus name together the body of christ we're going to see freedom because there's power when we praise god things shake fear falls off fear falls off and so thank you for uh i'm so glad that we can just have that freedom when the Spirit of the Lord comes. Thank you for joining us today. Um, it's a privilege to worship with you, with the church, with the uh, uh, body of Christ around the world. And um, we just, like Pastor Steve wished, Happy Mother's Day to everybody. It's a great day to worship God. And it's a great day to honor mothers. And so uh, we're going to continue worshiping today. Um, I'm going to let Lauren share some things about the offering and how we can continue worshiping God. Thanks, Trish. <clears throat> Good morning, church. Good morning, Destiny Church. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I just was reminded, you know, whether you're a natural mom or, uh, or not, God planted inside of you the seed of a nurturer, and that's what we're celebrating today on Mother's Day. So whether you're nurturing a plant, cats, whatever it is, happy Mother's Day. So, um, but I get to give the, or take the offering this morning. And so I just wanted to remind you, there's a few ways that you can give. Um, while we can't meet necessarily the same as we used to in person, we can be connected no matter what. And as you bring those tithes and offerings to the Lord, um, he sees that. He sees your generosity. He sees your heart, the cheerful giver that you are. But uh, we've made a couple ways to give while we're distanced. Um, one of them, and I had to look up the address, was the church. You can just mail a check to the church. It's 27871 148th Avenue, 
Yes. Ashley, Minnesota, 56309. The other way is you can text, and I find this is the easiest way. Um, just text an amount, and you can get all set up. It's super secure. You can be confident. But it's um, 218-316-6085. And just so you know, we love you. And we're celebrating with you today and looking forward to what's coming in the next few weeks. So we're going to put up a giving screen just so you can uh, get those numbers and address again. Be blessed. Hello, everybody. We're back. Wow, it's great to have you all here today through via media and enjoying the, the blessings of the Lord. We're so glad that we can celebrate Mother's Day. And, and I have a real treat today. I'm going to be sharing the sermon with my lovely wife, who is the mother of five. And, and I have to say that um, it's a privilege to, have, to be married to my wife. She's an awesome woman of God, and she's been an awesome mother. And uh, we have five great kids that love the Lord. And I can brag about the kids more because she probably had more to do with raising them than I did. I was kind of like the mean ogre that lived underneath the bridge. And I would only come out at certain times and yell at everybody and then go back underneath the bridge. And so she was the sweet one and she kept all the kids in line. And so I, get, I have a privilege this morning. We're going to share our sermon. I, I told her my, my sermon notes. And she kept saying, oh, that's really good, that's really good. And I was afraid what she was going to say was, maybe you should just do it. So um, I dragged her, not, not too hard. It used to be harder to drag her. I think she, has, um, she really wants to uh, preach more now. So it, it was, it's fun to have her with here. And so we're going to try to tag team this. So this is going to be interesting. And um, I, I, tr I got a place in my notes here where she's supposed to enter. But I suppose if she gets really inspired, she might jump in before that. But um, I, I uh, title this message, When Your Big Seems Small. When Your Big Seems Small. And this, this message is, is really dedicated to mothers. And, um, and, but not just to mothers, just to all of us, really. Because, um, you know, it's a, there's a tendency for us to, have, uh, to be enamorated with big things things that are uh, kind of flashy and wow, that's, that's, that's big. And we're, we're kind of enamored with that. And little things and small things, we don't, you know, that's, I mean, it's not that, that special. And, and so like in a church setting, we'd be like enamored with a, a big audience, having a big audience, which uh, we hope that we have today online, a big audience. And or if you're, if you're in the sales world, uh, if you have a lot of sales, you know, a lot, big numbers in the sales, or if you're writing a book, you have a lot of book sales, or if you're, if you're doing concerts, you have a lot of CD sales, whatever. And so you get the idea that, and that's what we're enamored. We love to see those type of things. But I find this, that the most significant events oftentimes are, are events that are, don't even show up on anybody's radar. Mm -hmm. And they're just so, they seem so insignificant that it's hard to even realize that they would have any kind of an effect. I read this book years ago by a guy named Andy Andrews, and he talked about the butterfly effect. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's actually kind of a crazy concept. And it was a scientist that first 
uh, put it out there at a, one of these science gatherings. And, um, and when, he, when he put out this effect, everybody kind of laughed him off the stage. You know, it's like, because here's, here's, here's what he, he proposed to these scientists, that a butterfly can flap its wings somewhere and that a week later it would affect weather patterns in another part of the world. And so he said that, and they just said, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's crazy. But the, the funny thing about it was years later, after they did a lot of research, they actually found that that is true. That is true, that a butterfly, think about that. A butterfly flaps its wings. It actually determines or affects the course of a tornado uh, or a hurricane. It actually can determine or, or affect the velocity of, of these things. And they even, it's such a proven fact that they even assigned it a law. You know, science has these different stages. You know, a hypothesis, is that how you say that word? Hypothesis. hypothesis. She can be, this is good. I think we should do something here. She can correct my English. Hypothesis uh, or a, a theory like evolution is still classified as a theory. And then they have, but if you, if you reach the law or the principle, like the law of gravity, if you reach the law sta sta status, that means it's considered to be uh, the real deal. And so this, this principle, actually, you can look it up on Wikipedia, Wikipedia <laughs> later, but this, this principle, the butterfly effect, actually has made uh, the law status, the law status. And what it says is little things actually become huge things. Isn't that interesting? You know, there's an interesting story when I years ago we took a motorcycle trip out to or, or I guess we wanted to out to Gettysburg we actually visited Gettysburg the the battleground and uh, it was what was so interesting about this was they had all these monuments there where they they kind of highlighted different aspects of the battle well one of the different one of the places there was where a um, I, don't, I think I can't remember his if he was a colonel uh, his name was Joshua Chamberlain and he was he was uh, supposed to hold one of the Union Army flanks. And so what happened was he kept, he kept um, uh, being attacked by the Confederacy. And so his position was very important because if the, if, the, if the Confederacy flanked the Union Army, the whole battle would be lost. And Gettysburg, they say, was probably the biggest turning point in the Civil War, the Battle of Gettysburg. And so are you getting bored yet? No. Okay, so, okay. So does she look interested? I'm just trying to stay with this. Okay, good. So uh, I'm, I'm getting to the point where her, I got arrows on my outline where she jumps in, but almost there yet. But here, going back to Joshua Chamberlain, uh, Joshua, um, so, he, so what happened, the, the, the Confederate Army had attacked several times, and they had repelled them. But now this, they started with 1,000 men. Now get this, 1,000 men. They had 80 men left. And their position was so vitally important. And so what happened was the sergeant comes to Joshua Chamberlain, who was the, who was the colonel, the leader, and goes, we don't have any more ammunition. Uh, we're down to 80 guys. This is looking bleak. And uh, so he tells everybody to fix bayonets. And here they come again. And in just like a spur of the moment, uh, just impulse, he yells, charge. And they're all looking at him, charge? I mean, there's like four or 500 guys and we're going to charge or there's 80 of us. And so he jumps on the wall and he starts to charge. And so they go, all right. And so the, the thing about it was those 80 men captured 
of over 400 Confederate soldiers. Isn't that wild? They captured over 400 Confederate soldiers. But the, and they say that was the turning point of that battle, but it was also the turning point of the war. That one action that he did, he just got up on the, that stone wall and yelled, charge, that turn. And so that changed the whole complexity of America because the Civil War changed it. So you can see kind of the chain reaction. It was something so little that he jumps up and he yells, charge. Maybe it doesn't seem that little, but it was a little act and it had a chain reaction. And so that's really what the butterfly effect is all about, is that little things become big things. They create chain reactions. And so sometimes, you know, mothers, you know, they're at home with their kids and they, you know, they, they can face all these things, you know, they're changing poopy diapers and they're, uh, you know, wiping snotty noses and they're breaking up fights and they're doing all this stuff and they can kind of get the idea that, you know, is all this worth it? And I think it's gotten worse since this Pan, what we call this pandemic has started because now you got to stay at home. You're supposed to stay at home. Most people are starting to rebel, but, but you're supposed to stay at home. And so you're confined to this house with these kids. And uh, I, I can see when the weather gets a little better, the, the people have been escaping. But um, the, the point is, you can get this feeling is, am I doing any good? Is there anything significant? Is it worth it? Does, any, does it even matter? what I'm doing. Mothers can have that. And uh, because we all search for significance and for meaning, and we want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. But I just want you to understand that every little thing that you do is having an incredible effect. And I'm going to let my wife jump in here and just share a little bit with you. And then I'm going to come back and finish my little sermonette. Sermonette, huh? (laughs) Well, that was just perfect because he said, we all search for significance. And that's exactly what I was starting my, my little message with, was we all have a need for significance. We want to make a big contribution. Whoever you are, you want to make a contribution, and you just have this sense on the inside of you, because God made us that way. There's greatness on the inside of every one of us. There's greatness there. And we all want to be an agent of change. We want to make changes, and we want to bring significance to this world. And sometimes, you know, as motherhood, it just feels like you're, like he was talking about, nobody sees me. Uh, this is, you know how people sometimes say, well, what do you do? And you go, well, I'm, I'm just a mom. I, I just stay at home. Don't ever say that. Amen. You are not just a mom. Amen. You are an agent of change, an agent of change. Being mother, being a mother, that's like a day, our day in the sun. You don't look at it that way a lot of times, like he said, when you're doing all these little insignificant things, but it's our day in the sun, man. This is the greatest privilege. It's the greatest opportunity because you are pouring, you're planting seeds. You're planting seeds. And just like he talked about the butterfly effect, man, you... You think a butterfly flapping his wings is going to make change the climate or change uh, patterns and weather patterns? Now he needs to help me. <laughs> <laughs> weather patterns? Yes, but you are changing something. This is generational. Uh, and you know what the enemy likes to do? He makes you feel guilty, moms. He, you feel guilty. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing this right. 
and um, or you feel overwhelmed, like I'm just not doing enough. And so that guilt keeps you weighted down. But I'm telling you, uh, your faithful deeds, your faithful sowing into your children, man, uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, the faithful God keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. When you are planting seeds, it's generational. It is generational. Do not look at just this little thing that I'm doing right here. It's generational. It's going to go from generation to generation. And you are changing. This is God's plan. You are you're standing. You're in, within God's plan of how he passes the, gen the blessing on from generation to generation. Um, so it's a great privilege. And, you know, it's always a daily decision because you, you can be discouraged. Like, oh, boy, how, how can I keep on? But you have a decision every day. And I'll tell you one scripture that I used as I was making my decisions daily was I uh, found Proverbs 8.18, and, it, and um, it describes wisdom. And wisdom said that riches and honor are with me, enduring riches, and my fruit is better than gold, and my revenue is better than silver. Men, you are pouring into eternal beings. You are doing something eternal when you're raising a child. And when you're pouring God's word, God's word is eternal. And it changes. It changes their lives. It changes those around you. And it changes generations. Um, so will, if you will remember that, I used to tell myself that. This is rich. This is enduring riches. What I am pouring into my, ch my children, this is eternal. Because, uh, believe me, you're not going to take your big... I'm not against big houses with beautiful houses and nice cars and nice clothes. I'm not against that. But you're not taking that with you. But your children are eternal. And those that they, inf you, they influence because of you. Um, so remember that uh, this word invest, investment came. A lot of people invest in money and they want a good return. This is a good return. Mamas, this is a good return. Invest and devote your time and your effort, and your return is going to be great. Um, so it's a great privilege. You gotta, you're, not, you're not in a flunky job. This is not a flunk job, flunky job. Uh, so stop letting the enemy uh, ruin your joy. Don't let him ruin your joy. But just... Stay planting those seeds and watering those seeds, and um, there's going to be a great return. So back to you. Amen. <laughs> well, if I had good sense right now, I'd just pray and say amen and pray and close the service. But I've never been accused of having good sense. So, but that was that was an awesome word. Way to go. But I, I just want to um, just say a few more things, just to kind of put a little bit more flesh on the bones here. Um, you know, little things are big things. That's what we're trying to say. Little things that sometimes they're so overlooked, they become big things. You know, years ago, I was, I was listening to this guy talk, and he was talking about this man. His name was Norman uh, Borlaug. I think that's how you say his name. That he had won, uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize. He also was Time Magazine's person of the month or whatever. They have some kind of a thing where they, they say he's the person of the month because they say this Norman guy 
was responsible for saving 2.5 billion, with a B, billion people. And so he, he saved 2.5, sorry, I'm spitting, 2.5, we should practice social distancing, uh, 2.5 billion people. And so his reward was he, he got to be guy of the month, you know, guy of the month from Time Magazine. But, you know, they started looking at his life and, and the reason he, they say he, he saved 2.5 billion people was because he created a, a seed that would grow in parched ground. In other words, and so all these countries that, like Africa or whatever, that have very, uh, what do you call that, uh, dry climate, uh, you know, they starve. They go through famines and stuff. And so this guy, what he did was he, he uh, developed this seed, and, and so they say he saved 2.5 billion people. But then they started looking into his past and they found out that he was influenced or he got his opportunity from another guy by the name of Henry, Henry Wallace. Now, most people don't know who Henry Wallace is, but Henry Wallace was FDR's second vice president. FDR, he served four terms and he had three different vice presidents. Uh, he was his second vice president. And so because of the famine problem, uh, the, uh, this uh, Henry Wallace uh, gave Norman Borlaug, a chance to research all these different types of seeds, and that's how he, he gave, that gave the foundation for him to, to do that. But Henry Wallace, uh, they looked into his past, and he was influenced by a guy named George Washington Carver. Some of you have heard of him. He was a black man that developed all, all these plants, and he was the guy that kind of promoted the whole peanut thing, and how peanut, peanut butter, all the peanut uh, uh, whatever else is peanut, but he developed the whole peanut thing. And so, but then they looked into George Washington Carver's past and they came across a guy named Moses Carver who actually, him and his wife Susan, saved uh, George Washington Carver's life. Yeah. And so when you think about it, this guy got an award, won the Nobel Peace Prize, this Norman guy, but he stood on the shoulders of Henry Wallace who stood on the shoulders of George Washington Carver, who stood on the shoulders of Morris Carver. My point is this, that your life, the, even the little that you do, will one day save 2.5 billion people. It can actually happen that way. And sometimes we don't see what our, our little sacrifice is, have, how, how big an effect it's having, but it really has an incredible effect if we could just have eyes to see. And that's why it's so important because you know, when Jesus talked about faith, he said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and I, I put a little picture of a grain of mustard seed, a grain of mustard seed is like the smallest seed that you'll ever see. It's so small. It looks like, uh, you know, sometimes you get these pepper uh, in these containers before they're even, um, before they're crushed up, you know, they're, they're little kernels of pepper. That's the size of a grain of mustard seed. It's so small, if you put it in your hand, you can barely see it. And so we think, well, what, what, thing, what good would that thing ever do? That's just so small, whatever could it do? But the thing about it is, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, he said, uh, he said, verily I say unto you that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hemp to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing, think about this, nothing shall be impossible unto you. He said, if you have faith as that grain of mustard seed. Now, some translations say the size of a grain of mustard seed. But the idea that he used a grain of mustard seed means that he wants it to be planted 
and your faith has to grow. And when it grows, it's amazing. It grows. I got another picture of what it looks like when it grows. But it, when it grows, it becomes this gigantic tree that Jesus said even the birds of the air builds nests into it. So what I'm trying to say is something that starts out so tiny, so insignificant, so small, becomes so huge that even birds of the nest uh, lodge and can build their nest, birds of the nest. That's good. You should have corrected me there. Are you, li- are you paying attention? Yeah, yeah. Birds, of the- <laughs> birds of the air build their nest in it. So, so here's my point. God, God begins things with seeds, little things. You know, I, I, I say this a lot, and if you've heard me preach, you probably have heard me say this, but you know, when, when God, when the children of Israel cried out for deliverance in the time of Moses, the way God brought their deliverance is he had, had somebody have a baby. The, their deliverer came as a baby. Mm-hmm. And when, when God was going to save the whole world, uh, the, way, the way the Savior of the world came, the Savior of the world didn't come as a full-grown person. The Savior of the world came as a little baby. And, and really, when you look at the, the circumstances surrounding his birth, it was very, very humble, very insignificant, mm-hmm. not flashy, not like, wow, uh, all this stuff going on. It was very insignificant. It was hard to detect. And that's sometimes we have to have eyes that we can see. You know, we like to look at a beautiful tree and say, wow, what a beautiful tree. But God, he doesn't, he doesn't look necessarily at trees and say, what a beautiful tree. Tree, God looks at a seed and says, what a beautiful seed, because God sees potential. Mm -hmm. When God looks at a little child, he sees its potential. You know, there's a verse over here. I'm talking fast. They sometimes give me a sign so they talk slower. But uh, I haven't seen the sign yet, so maybe it's not too bad. But uh, in Zechariah, I want you to look at these verses in Zechariah chapter 4. It says here in verse 6. You want to read that? Verse 6 through 7. You can do the reading. Read your mic. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace unto it. One more verse. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro through the whole earth. So the context of this story is, you know, the people of Israel have been in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. And so now they're returning. They have to rebuild their country. And so one of the things they have to rebuild is the temple. But if you looked at the situation, it just looks totally hopeless. And so God sent them a prophet that would encourage them. And so God gives them a word. And what's so interesting about this is their temptation was to despise the day of this small thing. The small thing that was going on. They're just looking around going, oh, this is such so small, so insignificant. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter at all. And that was their attitude. But, but the prophet said, that God, it talks about God rejoicing when he saw the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. A plumb line is something that's used to determine a foundation. It's not even the building yet. The building hasn't even started. 
But the, but the plumb line is in Zerubbabel's hands. In other words, he's got it in his mind now that he's going to build something. And so he's got the plumb line in his hand, and it says God's up there rejoicing. Whoa! The plumb line is in Zerubbabel's hands. We, it's not much, but we got something going on here. And God is rejoicing because he can see that something is starting to happen. And I think that sometimes we have to begin to, we have to have eyes to see right. even the little things right. that are, are so vitally important because he's talking about a mountain that's going to be moved. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we face difficulties. I guess we could say that this thing that we got going on in our nation, this pandemic, we could say it's a mountain. It's huge. And sometimes we talk to God about our mountain. But in this case, the prophet was talking to the mountain about God. The the prophet said, who are you, O mountain, before Zerubbabel? You'll become a plain. In other words, your days are numbered. You're about ready to to go to the graveyard. You're about, you're about history in this situation. You're going to become a plain. Who are you, great mountain? And then he says, listen to this. Is it getting good? It's good. Now. Okay. So, uh, so then he says this. He says, Zerubbabel is, I'm going to start yelling here in a minute. Zerubbabel is laying the foundation of this temple and he is going to finish it with shouts crying grace, grace unto it. Grace, grace is God's ability God's ability, God's going to do this thing. But he's saying, you've got to, you've got to take a step. You've got to, you've got to step out. You've got to do something. But God is going to, is going to come along, alongside of us. He's going to work with us. The thing that we have to understand is that God is interested in our kids. He's interested in our family. He's interested in their progress. And uh, he, he, is, he is celebrating every single time we make some progress, uh, the kids make progress. We might, we might become discouraged, you know, we might think, well, they're not as good as they, we want them to be. They're not as far along as we want them to be. Hey, listen, God celebrated when Zerubbabel had the plumb line yeah. in his hand. Anything you want more of, celebrate it. Yeah because you're going to see more of it if you celebrate it. I want to bring this message to a close as the worship team comes here, comes. But the thing that I want to emphasize with you today is that all of us are, are encountering different problems and difficulties and, um, and, and situations, but we've got to start making steps in the right direction. See, God didn't rejoice, and there was no progress until Zerubbabel picked up the plumb line. When he picked up the plumb line and he started his making some steps, what happened? It says that God began to rejoice. And so little things, now listen to this as I bring this to a close. Little things done over time become big things. Little things that are done over time become big things. I wrote this down in my notes. Now listen to this powerful statement here. I think I stapled part of it on my notes here. But um, when we do little things like they're big things, Think about that. When we do little things like they're big things, then God does big things like they're little things. When we do little things, the little things, the little responsibilities that God gives us, when we do that like it's a big thing, then God does big things in our lives like they're little things. You know, as I close, there's a little story that I heard, and you can go online, you can see it. It was a story of a little boy one day. A man was walking on the beach, and he noticed this little boy bending down and picking something up and throwing it into the ocean. And so the man walked over to the little boy and said, what are you doing? And the little boy said, well, 
the tide is going out and these starfish are getting stranded on the beach. And so I'm throwing them back into the ocean. And the man looked at the little boy and said, are you kidding me? Look at, there's hundreds of miles of beach and there's thousands of starfish. I mean, you can't possibly make a difference. I mean, what you do doesn't matter. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. And the little boy stepped down, uh, stooped down, picked up another starfish, threw it in the ocean and said, it mattered to him. And that's the thing you got to have. you got to have that attitude. A little thing. It may just be the, the flapping of a butterfly. You should look that up later. The flapping of a butterfly. But it's going to have a profound effect. The little thing that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Every mother should know that I'm changing the world one diaper at a time. Amen. Let's sing this song together. Standing here in your presence, in a grace so relentless, I am one. By perfect love, wrapped within the arms of heaven, in a peace of life so ever sinking deep, in
so glad that you joined us. As we close today, I'd like for us to pray, and I'd like for us to talk, not to God, about this pandemic, but let's do what they did in Zechariah. They talked to the mountain, they talked to the mountain about God. Amen. And Jesus picked up that same idea in Mark 11, when he said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass, who have whatever he says. Let's talk to this mountain of this pandemic. Let's talk to it about our God, how great our God is, and how powerful our God is, and how, how powerful our God is, and how able he is to save, and how able he is to deliver. In fact, one of God's names is uh, the Lord, our victory. Another one of his names is the Lord, our healer. Let's talk to this mountain about who God is. Lord, right now we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just speak to this mountain, this pandemic that has plagued our society, has plagued our culture right now. We just come against it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Our salvation, our Savior. Hallelujah. Our deliverer, our, our, our intercessor, the one who stands beside us, that stands for us. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we command this pandemic to begin to lose all of its power, to lose all of its steam right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we just command it to go, to be removed, and to be cast into the sea right now in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That you are greater than any pandemic. Your name is above every name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you reign over all things, Lord. And we declare your lordship over this pandemic. In Jesus' name, we just thank you that it comes and sputters to an end. Hallelujah. It will be seen no more in our nation. We just thank you for that. Hallelujah. Sure. Hey, I'd just like to declare and pray over mothers, Lord. I just declare a spirit of boldness, yeah. a spirit of courage to rise up in the moms in this church, the, the moms around the world. I thank you. I thank you that there's a spirit, just a spirit of courage that is rising up and, and um, raising children that are changing the world. I thank you, Father. I thank you for that right now in the yes. name of Jesus. And I thank you that all fear is going from them. Right. And I thank you, Father, that you're giving them a vision and a prayer that's rising out of their hearts. A prayer that changes, changes their, their um, children's lives and forms a path.
path for their children to walk on. I thank you, Father, for that. There's leaders coming out of out of these homes. There's yes. leaders rising up around the world. Amen. I thank you. God needs leaders in every realm of, of this earth, whether they're preachers, whether they're um, senators, whether they're farmers, and just mothers and fathers. So I thank you that our mothers are praying and there's raising up leaders across our land. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving the mothers grace at this yes. time, Lord. Your ability, your strength, in Jesus' name. Well, praise God. It's been great being with you today. I want you to remember this saying, the battle belongs to the Lord and the victory belongs to us. And so let's rejoice today as we go our way. God bless you all. See you soon.